Firehouse is celebrating the 30th anniversary of their iconic debut album, and they're coming to North Dakota to celebrate with us. On the phone, we've got guitar player, Firehouse singer, songwriter as well, Bill Leverty. Happy New Year, Bill. How are you? Happy New Year, Travis. Thanks so much for having me on your show, man. Absolutely. Well, how's 2020 treating you so far? What'd you do to uh, ring in the new year? Oh, it's just awesome. What a what a great start to a to a new decade. Uh, my wife and I went uh, and had a wonderful meal at a at a restaurant we really like, and then we went and played. It's it's kind of unique, but we played putt putt golf in this restored hotel where they've turned the 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 place into a putt putt golf indoor putt putt golf thing. But it's all a theme of the Roaring Twenties from you know the nineteen twenties. Oh, so, so cool! You know. Everybody was dressed up uh, in in those kind of uh, costumes and stuff. I mean, we weren't, but they had all these <laughs> characters in there, and it was it was just awesome. It was called Hotel Green. I love uh, it. We'd never been there before, but that's what that's what we did. That's, that's awesome. 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 That sounds like a great way. Well, are you a uh, a resolution type of person? Did you make any resolutions for the new year? I wish I could think of something real quick to say yes, but I didn't. <laughs> I just you know I just want to rock, man. I want to keep going for another another. 30, 40 years. Well, absolutely, and that's why we're here today. Uh, congratulations, first of all, to you and the guys on the 30th anniversary coming up this year for your debut self-titled album. Does it feel like 30 years already? I can't believe it. I'm kind of in denial with that. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it doesn't feel like it. feels like just yesterday that that first record, um, that we were recording it, and then it came out, and we were we were on tour with our we're buds in Warren yes. that summer. So it's um, kind of cool that we get to get to come up there to Four Bears Event Center and play with those guys uh, again. We've done, you know, so many great shows with them, and um, and coming back here with with them celebrating their 30 year of, of Cherry Pie and and Heaven and our 30 years of our debut. It's it's really going to be a great party. I'm glad that you brought that up because that raises a good question. Those of us who grew up to Firehouse, we remember that Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour you had with Warrant and Trickster. What was it about that pairing of bands that just stuck with the fans? Because to this very day, here we are 30 years later, and that's the bill people still want to see is Warrant, Firehouse, and Trickster. What was it about that grouping of bands that just worked and stuck with fans? Well, you know, it was a great time uh, in the history of music, especially our genre, when we were all over the radio and we were all over MTV, and we had songs that, that people latched, uh, you know, that, that really it touched them emotionally, and they had a, an emotional connection, and they, they came out to the show, and all the bands played those songs, and um, I think, I think the, all the bands really played them like the record, too. It wasn't like we, we changed them a lot or we, we cut corners or anything. We, we really tried to reproduce our music well live, and just tried to entertain the audience and have a great time ourselves. And uh, it was it was a wonderful time, and so much that the uh, the promoters, most of them around the country, had us come back again. So we we played North Dakota a couple of times when we were on that tour. <laughs> well, we certainly love you up here in North Dakota, and that that always shows because every time you guys do a show, it's packed up here. I want to get into the album a little bit since we're celebrating the 30th anniversary here. Now, I kind of want to dive in. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys actually started with Shake and Tumble as your your debut single, correct? That's exactly right. I, you know, I often forget about that, but it, the record company wanted to... There was a format back in the day called uh, Metal Radio, and metal was everything from Bon Jovi to White Snake right. to Def Leppard. <laughs> you know, and so we 
they released that song to metal radio, and um, and it it kind of took off. So Shake and Tumble was really our first our first release. Yeah. They didn't really treat it as a single at at the record company uh, because they didn't really put a lot of money into promoting it. Right. Uh, other than sending out some free complimentary uh, promotional CDs and stuff like that, but um, and so no video or anything like that. But um, that song got us a lot of gigs because there were a lot of metal radio stations that were around the country that were playing the song. Right. And so, therefore, we had gigs in a lot of places that we never would have been able to play otherwise, and we were able to rent the cheapest bus we could find <laughs> and go around the country and, and play a gig at every one of those little places where they had metal radio stations. That's interesting because obviously uh, the majority of us remember, of course, Don't Treat Me Bad being the, the first single in the first video that really kind of launched you guys. Uh, I love this album. Like I told you before we got on the phone here, it's it's timeless and I love it for so many reasons. Uh, it's got that big sound. I mean, I love the production on this album beginning to end, of course, uh, track for track, uh, any one of them could have been a single you all sing was that something that uh kind of came together when you guys were recording the debut album or was that something that that you uh set the precedent for from the very beginning hey we're all going to sing we're all going to have harmonies we all we all love to sing we all you know when we wrote those songs we all heard harmonies that went with those choruses and with you know the, the pre-choruses and and little bits in the verses that had harmonies and we all heard them and we felt that uh, you know we should lay them down on the demo, and then if you know they don't, you know, producer says no, we don't want them, uh, you know, on the album, then we'll take them off. But we, they they became such a part of the song. Um, and of course, you know, CJ was like uh, just such a great singer and and you know really strong voice. Um, you know, when we went in, we, we recorded this song several times before we actually went in and recorded them for the record company for sure. the for our record deal. Even with our record company, um, we had to go with the producer and record all those songs once with the producer in a smaller studio anyway, just so the producer could tell the record company, yes, we can work together, you, you know, yes, these guys are focused, no, they're not a bunch of screw-ups, knuckleheads, you know. Right. Uh, they really can record this in a studio if you give them the money. So the record company forked over the money. We went into a really great studio in upstate New York um, called Bear Bear Tracks, and um, and we recorded it, and um, and we put put every harmony. And the producer was very much into vocal harmonies as well. Awesome. So he was he was all supportive of the idea of of our vision of wanting us to be a vocal band first, right. and then um, trying to make all the instrumentation as as big as we possibly could, you know. Who was the producer for that uh, first album? So his, his name's David Prater. Right. And his engineer was a guy named Doug Oberkirker. Okay. And David Prater and Doug Oberkirker um, had done an album before us. Their, big, their, their, their first major label record that, I, that I'm aware of was a band called Diving for per- Pearls. Okay. So Diving for Pearls was on Epic Records. And um, a cool band and a cool production on that, but... Um, David Prater, um, you know, they suggested we we had this we we had this guy produce our record. He was an up and coming guy, and we got along real well with him and Doug. and And we thought, yeah, that he he'd work great. And like I said, we we went to his smaller studio in his house and recorded all the songs just to make sure we were compatible and that we, he could get us the sound and that we we could give you know we could give him what he needed to get everything right. done in time with our budget. 
and um, so David Prater uh, was the producer, and then um, we came back to produce you know, for to do our second record. And he, in the meantime, had produced the uh, that first that that I don't know if it was the first was the big Dream Theater record called Images and Words that had uh, their biggest song I think called Pull Me Under. Right. So it. that came so, after your debut. Yeah, it did. It, All right. It came after that, so we came in to record our second record, and those guys were just finishing up with that um, that record. Ah. Uh-huh. Met them and um, and David played that stuff for me, and um, I was just like. Oh man, I've never heard anything so incredible. And I actually thought, you know, the Firehouse albums had kind of come after that. So I'm glad you straightened me out because now it's kind of well, Dream Theater sound production sound kind of followed the debut Firehouse album. I mean, it was such a big sound when that album came out. What was it like? I, I want to ask because obviously, maybe a lot of fans remember from being a kid. But what was it like for you guys? When you finally heard that single on the radio and you saw the video on MTV, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? How did that whole thing feel for you guys? Oh, I was, you know, the word dream, the phrase dream come true doesn't come close to, to capturing it because we, we worked so hard to get there and we'd been disappointed so many times, like I said, with, with you know, a guys had passed on us or we had a record deal and then the guy got fired so we had to start over. And, and But when it, when it finally, the, the record was finally done, you know, we were really happy with the way it sounded. We just now wanted to just do everything we could to make sure the record company would release the record because record companies don't have to release your record once they record it. They can uh-huh. they can just throw it away and move on. Interesting. Uh, but they did release it, and then it like you know we were talking about it was it was on metal radio. Sure. And uh, we heard shake and tumble, and then we heard people. You know, we we I had there was a station that had metal radio where we lived, and we could listen to the reaction when people would call in and say they liked the song. Cool. Uh, that was incredible. And then when Don't Treat Me Bad came out, we did a, a video, a low-budget low video for that one first. We did two versions of Don't Treat Me Bad, but we did the low-budget one first, and MTV played it a couple times, and then the, the record company you know, would, would get in touch with us through our manager and say, yeah, it got a great reaction on MTV, and we started hearing it on the radio, and it, it was just an awesome feeling to know that um, you know, people were liking the work that we had done here, right. and uh, then it all happened so fast because we went right on the road. I mean, the record came out in September. We were on the road in, no- in November, and uh, we stayed on the road since. Um, we're still on the road, yeah. pretty much. Uh, but November of 1990 is when we first went out on the road, and we just started playing gigs, and we we really never stopped, e- even for. for you know, we wrote the the first the, the second record on the road pretty much and went straight back in the studio wow. and recorded the second record and went straight back out on the before the record was mixed we were out on the road with Tesla for the for the supporting the, the second record so it was, it all happened so fast but as it was happening we were just doing backflips and and then going out and doing a show and then the, the audiences got bigger and bigger and and it just it was just it was an amazing time do you remember the uh, the tour that you went on once the uh, the single dropped, the album dropped, you started seeing things on MTV, hearing it on the radio. Things were starting to grow, and uh, the momentum was building for you guys. Do you remember what tour you went on when you went from clubs into bigger venues? Who was that with? Well, the first one that we did that was like that was, was Slaughter. Okay. We, uh, we did a, a little, I'm guessing it was like maybe four or five weeks with them, and... Um, you know that their record had been out for for a while already, and ours 
had just been released, and we'd we'd done a, a you know around the country doing clubs and and stuff, and then um, we got on with them, and it was more theaters and and bigger venues. It wasn't quite arenas yet, but it was theaters. Sure. And um and they were packed, and the, the the people were the fans were crazy. It was everything that you kind of dream of as a kid that you want to you know you want to see happen. And then it starts happening, and um, and it, it was quick. Yeah, I remember because you won an American Music Award for it as well for uh, best new rock band, correct? Yeah, yeah, that was we we didn't think we were going to win because we were up against a couple of other bands that that had you know exceeded us uh, quite a bit in airplay and and sales for that time period but um for whatever reason we won that that american music award obviously the the industry has changed a lot in the last 30 years do you feel like radio still plays a very important part for an artist or because we have the social media avenues now do you feel like uh it's not as necessary as it once was well for firehouse it's huge and um we're we're forever grateful for the airplay that we get still today you know i think it keeps us in the minds of the people that loved us then and then they hear it on the radio and then they go oh yeah i forgot how much i i really enjoy how this how great this song makes me feel or, yeah. or, or whatever so it's huge for us other bands I, I you know i can't speak for them but i can tell you for for us and for me um when you can get your song on the radio it's um it's it's huge. Right. Well, we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of your debut album, and you're, of course, coming to Four Bears Casino next Saturday here in North Dakota. You're, you're brave men for uh, coming in the middle, smack dab, middle of winter here in North Dakota. So, But are we in for anything special with this show since we're celebrating the 30th anniversary? Are you guys going to do whole uh, play track for track from that album? What can fans look forward to uh, to next weekend's show? Well, we're going to play most of the songs, if not all of them, off that first record. We, we haven't really figured out the set list yet, but we, um, we're we real familiar with all the songs that are on that <laughs> record uh, right. since we've been playing we, all of them for a long time. Sure. Um, but whether or not we play them all front to back on, on that show or not right. i don't know but that is the plan in in um this year uh is to do shows where we do that first record front to back and then we take a little you know two minute break and then come back and play all the other hits that we had and, and some other fan kind of favorites but um for that night i'm not sure whether we'll have enough time to play that whole record front to back and do um you know other songs that were on the second record like reach for the sky and right. when i look into your eyes and um, it just depends on how long a set time we have, and I don't know how long a set we have for right. that show. Sure. Um, I think that first record, we, we'd need at least uh, a little over an hour to, to do. But um, that is a plan. But one thing that we're we're going to do is, is we're just going to party and have a great time, and we're going to let the music do the talk and let the fans re- remember what a great time it was back in, you know, 1990 and 1991 when we came out and we played and toured with Warrant. And, um, you know, they're such a great band and they got so many great songs and they're so much fun live. And, and for us to be able to play with them uh, again, it's going to be, it's just going to be a blast. So I can't wait. Well, bring, we're, bring your party hat. Yeah, we're going to be there. We're making the road trip. I do want to ask a little bit of a personal question before I wrap it up here with you, Bill. Now, I'm no singer, but I, like I said, I've always enjoyed that you guys have such great harmonies and great vocals. Do you think maybe before the show I can step backstage there with you? 
get on our radio page, go Facebook Live, and try and harmonize that opening line to All She Wrote With You. Would you guys humor oh, me and do yeah, that? Brother. Oh, I would love heck to do yeah. that. That's a dream of mine to try and harmonize with Firehouse. You're going to have to teach me a little something before we do that so I don't embarrass us all, but I always well, thought that would be bye, fun. Bye-bye, baby, bye-bye. That's all you got to know. <laughs> Bill, happy 30th anniversary to the first album. What a great career it's been. 30 more years uh, of success to you guys. We can't wait to see you at Four Bears Casino with Warrant next Saturday. Tickets are on sale. They've got fun buses. They've got VIP meet and greets. Bill Leverty of Firehouse, thank you so very much for making time for us here on the show. Thanks, Travis. Thanks to all your listeners for the many years of support.